clearly I was wrong. There was at least one more shirt left that I haven't yet worn on this program that I can wear before I have to unwrap that big pile. I'm leaning forward. This is hanging. That's not just my shape. Um, I was overestimating how much... Never mind. Um, so, hi. This is, uh, this is part eight. I wanted to start out today by apologizing for part seven. That uh, was what we call the Union Shadow. I think, I don't know, we're going to all learn together about that and see how accurate our present day <clears throat> usages on uh, Facebook and whatnot are to what uh, was actually meant by the man himself. Uh, this is going to be from a slightly different angle today, just mixing it up ever so slightly. Uh, so you can see the table that the microphone has actually been on this whole time in every episode. This is the table. Um, Alright, uh, so let's get started, shall we? I was thinking, should I start with like a little bit of something else? Just, I don't know, not make it a thing necessarily, like ritualize it, but like maybe just a little palate cleanser, Black Books palate cleanser, the introduction to David Lynch's Catching the Big Fish. Ideas are like fish. If you want to catch little fish, you can stay in the shallow water, but if you want to catch the big fish, you've got to go deeper. All right, that's a good palate cleanser, I'd say. something somewhere about Mozart making you smarter. Sounds like horse shit to me, but I figure it couldn't hurt. How's the angle today? Is it weird? Is it? I'll get started. The last word was cosmology. I think it was just like in the middle of I don't, maybe it's the lighting, the combination of things. Because when I'm in there, the lighting is different. And I'm reading off a book that has like yellow pages. You know what I mean, like off-white. This is glossy white. And the lighting is different. I think that has a lot to do with how much I'm struggling to read it. Just in case we need it. As soon as I find the word cosmology at the end of a sentence. How is everybody doing? I'm gonna try and make it interesting while I'm searching. I mean, the, uh, the bookmark was uh, on this page. There should be a sentence that ends with cosmology, right? Should I just start somewhere and just see where it goes? 
Weird. I could just start reading and see if it sounds familiar. <clears throat> the overall theme of Liber Novus is how Jung regains his soul and overcomes the contemporary malaise of spiritual alienation. Why don't I remember reading that? Um, okay. Uh, this is ultimately achieved through enabling the rebirth of a new image of God in his soul. I mean, it's familiar, but I don't remember it being exactly like this. Uh, a new worldview in the form of a psychological <clears throat> and theogenic cosmology. It's the sentence that ends at the top of the page where the bookmark was. <clears throat> Very clever me. All right. We'll continue from where we left off last time now that we're a few minutes in. By the way, if you want to start with the first episode, the playlist is where I just pointed. Liber Novus <coughs> prevents, presents the prototype of Jung's conception of the individuation process, which he held to be the universal form of individual psychological development. I'm also trying to like change from where whatever that was yesterday. I mean, honestly, it was like this dry yellow brown indica kind of energy. Where today it's like the resin left over from a good sativa. Literally speaking, that's kind of the difference between last time and this time. Metaphorically speaking. Um, all right. Let's see. <clears throat> Thus the work itself can understand on one hand as depict can be understood on one hand as depicting Jung's individuation process and on the other as his elaboration of this concept as a general psychological schema. At the beginning of the book, he refines his soul and embarks on a sequence of fantasy adventures which are linked is that linked to form a, a consecutive narrative he realizes that until then he had served the spirit of the time characterized by use and value in addition to this there existed a spirit of the depths oh right 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 i didn't finish my thought so whatever that was yesterday today i'm coming from the standpoint of like the seven-year-old or however old i was five watching Star Wars for the first time and hearing that this, uh, you know, was, was influenced by the director uh, reading Joseph Campbell and actually like working with him. And Joseph Campbell was inspired by Jung and he developed the, you know, blah, 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 all that. So I was like, wow, 40 years ago, right? <laughs> so I'm trying to see, see through those again today that's my what I'm working on okay uh, he realized that until then he had served the spirit of the time right 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 in addition to this there existed a spirit of the depths which led to the things of the soul in terms of Jung's later biographical memoir memoir the spirit of the times corresponds to personality Number one. <laughs> okay. 
Let me make sure I read that correctly. Yeah. Okay. And the spirit of the depths corresponds to personality number two. Okay. It's just terminology. All right. It's just that it sounds funny reading it. <laughs> Talking about doing a schizophrenia. I know. The schizophrenia isn't the same as uh, multiple personality disorder or whatever they call it now. <clears throat> Honestly, I can't even, my brain isn't coughing up the new term for multi, multiple personality disorder. It's called something else. But anyway, um, yeah, personality number one, the spirit of the depths corresponds to personality number two. Hence, this period may be seen as a return <clears throat> to the values of personality number two. Hey, some auspiciously timed choo-choo train warning. That's what you call that. Um, the entries from the black books now recast <clears throat> as chapters follow a particular format. <clears throat> they begin with the exposition of dramatic and visual fantasies. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> in them, Jung's eye, in quotes, encounters a series of figures in various settings and enters into conversation with them. He is confronted with unexpected happenings and shocking statements. He th By the way, I'm sorry for everyone that I called bad names <laughs> in the previous episode, which includes people very dear to me that... Uh, I call out specifically, and then everyone else in the world, basically, I was saying, everyone in the world, except for me, is a beeping, beep, 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 beep. I don't know why I went off like that, and I apologize. All right. I'm a flawed hero. Not a hero. I'm a flawed uh, protagonist of, uh, of a story that nobody watches. So, there you go. <laughs> um, Self-described. Uh, where are we? He confronted with, uh, he enters, he then attempts to understand what transpired and to formulate the significance of these events and statements into general psychological conceptions and maxims. Jung held that significance of these fantasies, that the significance of these fantasies was that they stemmed from the mythopoetic imagination which was missing in the present rational age. See, I'm exerting enough energy to recognize the words and say them out loud in a way like, you know, sort of like an artificial intelligence approximating human speech while my mind wanders and thinks about other things. And then later, later, after I plop the audio into the video and upload the thing, um, later... I'll listen to it, and then I'll be experiencing kind of what you're experiencing, which is hearing and understanding the words, and then having it be interrupted by a stream of consciousness that's so often left field that you forget what the words were until we come back to it, which is what we're going to do now. See? It's sort of an in and out, like that. That's what's happening. Uh, yes, and maybe I'll, maybe or maybe not, I'll read the same thing again. 
The task of individuation lay in establishing a right. No, that sounds familiar. Uh, through this, the spirit of time would be reconciled with the spirit of the depths, the spirit of the time, right? This task was to form a leitmotif of his subsequent scholarly work. After completing the handwritten draft, Jung had it typed and edited. On one manuscript, he made alterations by hand, parentheses, I refer to this manuscript as the corrected draft, end parentheses. From the annotations on the corrected draft, it appears that he gave this to someone, parentheses, the handwriting is not that of Emma Jung, Tony Wolf, or Maria Moltzer, end parentheses, to read. That reader commented on Jung's editing, indicating that some sections that had that he had intended to cut should be retained. Sometime in 1915, Jung decided to retranscribe the transcript of Liber Novus in the form of a medical. That's Liber. This red book here, Liber Novus. Sorry. Uh, right, in the form of a medieval illuminated manuscript in calligraphic script on parchment. That must have been his mescaline face. <laughs> Sounds a little like, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Be Here Now, Remember? That's around here somewhere, I think. I, I think it's somewhere. Um, right. Initially, and throughout this section, the paintings and historiated initials represented scenes from the fantasies, possibly for technical reasons, parentheses, the parchment pages show a lot of bleed through, and parentheses, he now continued to transcribe and illustrate the work in a large folio volume of more than 600 pages bound in red leather from the bookbinders Emil Stierli. The spine bears the titer Liber Novus, parentheses, new book. <laughs> it sounds better in Latin, right? End parentheses. He inserted the parchment pages into the folio volume, which continues with Liber Secundus in the course of the transcript into the folio volume, he altered some of the titles to the chapters, added others, and edited the material once again. The cuts and alterations were predominantly to the second layer of interpretation and elaboration. The entries and fantasies reproduced in Liber Novus are confined to a condensed period of time. In certain regards, Jung's commentary on the second layer reflects his understanding of the changes that happened to him in the period <clears throat> in the period as a whole, rather than only referring to the fantasies in question. A reading of the material later featured in Liber Novus as it originally unfolded in the Black Books enables one to see and to follow the phenomenology of Jung's experiences during the course of his self-experimentation. That's the end of that section. What section? Good question. 
Um, it was the section entitled Decomposition of Liber Novus. Now we're in a new section called Return to the Depths. In the summer of 1915, we find the first entry in Book 5. Um, Um, after an interval of nearly a year. In a later annotation, Jung added here, quote, during this time, the one and two parts were written immediately after the beginning of the war. He reproduced the opening of this entry in the third section of Liber Novus, Scrutinies, Scrutinies, it's English, Scrutinies. As follows, margin change, font, decrease, decreasing size. From there on, the voices of the depths remained silent for a whole year. Again in summer, when I was out on the water alone, I saw an osprey, that's uh, O-S-P-R-E-Y, plunge down. Not far from me, he seized a large fish, maybe it's a type of bird, and rose up into the skies again. Yep, it's a type of bird. <laughs> Clutching it, I heard the voice of my soul, and she spoke, quote, That is a sign that what is below is born upward. End quote. Book 5, Jung noted a dream in which an extreme cold had again descended in the midst of the summer. On the same day, he commenced a theoretical exchange with his colleague, the psychiatrist Hans Schmid. Uh, 1881 to 1932 was the birth and death of Hans Schmid. I always like to know when a person was born and when they died, the moment that their name is first mentioned to me. I guess, I don't know. On the topic of psychological types, the correspondence was initially intended for publication following the model of Jung's correspondence with Rudolf Loy with two dots over the O. Timely psychotherapeutic questions in italics, which had appeared the previous year. Period. Another one of those um, sentences. Uh, yeah, okay. A rich dialogue ensued. Period. That's the sentence, at least. Shorter than the previous sentence fragment, but had a period after it. But, uh, okay. Um, and, yes, where were we? Uh, however, Rather than reaching a consensus, Jung and Schmid diverged, and the tone of their exchange grew heated. On September 4th, Jung wrote to Schmid, who replied a few weeks later. In the interim, Jung began writing in Book 5 again. I mean, as much as a person criticizes Christianity, one thing that can be said for it is among some of them toxic, but among the like agreed upon shared values 
there are certain things, like another example is when uh, Lord Buddha began teaching in a school separate from Jainism. And then uh, the disciples, after he passed away, went back to Rajgir, where the Jainists were, and said, hey, uh, we're going to set up here. And they were like, great. Uh, we have some issues with your philosophy. We disagree with certain things. And they were like, oh, funny you should mention that, because our teacher, Lord Buddha, mentioned to us about this Mahavir guy, and we have some disagreements with you. And they would debate famously, but never once did they raise a hand to the other because of the shared value of nonviolence. But when you have people with egos arguing about philosophies that they've made up about the things that they've made up, man, there's no, there's no uh, shared, uh, like, base reality there, so you can you can get really heated without ever once thinking, well, wait a minute, what would Jesus say to me if he saw me doing this? Or, oh, wait a minute, I'm missing the point of the path by getting so enraged with uh, this person of a slightly different philosophy. Just pointing that out. Um, yes. On September 4th, Jung wrote to Schmidt, who replied a few weeks later. In the interim, Jung began writing Book 5 again. In the entries, in, the, in a series of entries dated September 14, 15, 17, 18, in Liber Novus, he noted concerning these entries, quote, Soon after this, on an autumn night, I heard the voice of an old man, parentheses, and this time I knew that it was Philemon, dun, 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 and parentheses. Uh, these entries, end quote? No. Yeah, end parentheses, and, end quote. These entries uh, mark the return of Philemon. Remember, he grew out of Elijah. All right. Um, but this is no longer simply the Philemon of Liber Secundus. Time is moving very differently for me. Is it moving differently for you? Um, the penchant magician, but an elevated teacher of the mysteries, who has come to instruct Jung's, parentheses, I, and parentheses. I would love to see this, like, illustrated by Miyazaki. Ah, I loved seeing that illustrated by Miyazaki just then. All right, sorry. Philemon informs him that he wants to master him. Well, that's always healthy when you're uh, guides from another level that you communicate with astrally. See? I'm behaving myself. Um, want to master you? <laughs> uh, right, yes, okay. Philemon spoke of how he himself needed to disavow what he had taught. Always good when your former teachings that were channeled by uh, being on the astral um, get uh, nullified by the same being that gave it to you. Happens, you know, it's stuff. Stuff happens. It's normal. Okay, 
Um, <laughs> or, as otherwise, those he had taught would have simply received rather than taken. Oh, yeah. Um, Jung noted that he who fathoms Philemon fathoms himself. Philemon continued to speak of the nature of giving and against the tyranny of self-forgetting virtue. The work of redemption is first done on oneself and through uniting with the self we reach the God which unites heaven and hell in itself. Serving oneself is divine service. The critical, that's what, uh, what um, um, the venerable Udayan should have said. Or wait, never mind. Okay. The, this critical shift of register and the shift in the relation to others counseled by Philemon feel about I'm not laughing at Carl you I'm just laughing <laughs> okay <laughs> okay is marked in Jung's reply on November 6th to Schmid's letter of September 28 parts of this letter are only understandable when seen in the light of the renewed dialogue with Philemon. Jung began, quote, your letter strengthens my conviction that teaching an agreement on the fundamental principles is impossible because the point seems to be precisely that we do not agree. End quote. Then he adopted an irate tone summarizing his views. Switching register, he wrote that it was through studying Birgitta of Sweden, 1302 to 1373, that he grasped, grasped that the devil is the devouter to understand uh, equals comprende, comprendere equals katasilambanein and also to devour I think I grok that <laughs> sorry I keep bashing into the microphone with my magnifying glass I think that's the first time I've ever said that sentence okay uh, end quote, within the critical and human desire to understand lurked the devil's will. This could lead to a veritable soul murder. As the, quote, core of the individual is a mystery of life, which dies when it is grasped, with grasped being in quotes within quotes. This is also why symbols want to keep their secrets. 
I'm not going to make my uh, editor self, future self, put that uh, Frodo meme in there, but I think we all saw it in our minds. Unless you're way in the future and have no idea what I'm talking about. They are mysteries not only because we are unable to clearly see what is at their bottom. Uh, I think that's like an end quote. <laughs> Period. End quote. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. Very serious. The symbol itself wanted to protect itself against Freudian interpretations. <laughs> okay. It was particularly important in the later stages of analysis to, quote, help the other to come to those hidden and unopenable symbols. Let me try that sentence again. It's particularly important in the later stages of analysis to, quote, help the other to come to those hidden and unopened symbols in which the seed of life lies securely hidden like the tender seed in the hard shell. End quote. To come to them like the tender seed in the hard shell. Okay, that's a sentence. All right, I've declared it a sentence. Jung related a dream he had once had and only now understood. Quote, I was standing in my garden and I had dug open a rich spring water which gushed forth mightily. Oh, can't wait till this dream comes true. Which black book is that in? <laughs> Maybe it's not what I'm thinking. And then I had to dig a trench and a deep hole, obviously, in which I collected all the water and let it flow back into the depths of the earth again, right? Hence the expression, cum gutters. Uh, end quote. From this, he drew a conclusion in tiny font. I'll read that and then call it a day for this recording. I think that'll be about a half hour by then. In this way, this is Jung quoting, quoting Jung in the margins, in the different margins, tiny font. In this way, salvation is given to us in the unopenable and unsayable symbol. For it protects us by preventing the devil, Freud, no, from swallowing the seed of life. Don't let the devil swallow your seed of life. Three dots. We must understand the divine within us, but not the other. Insofar as he is able to go and stand on his own, four dots, we should be confidants of our own... mysteries but chastely veil our eyes before the mysteries of the other okay. insofar as he does not need <clears throat> quote understanding end quote because of his own incapability it's the other the devil in this case 
maybe it'll make more sense when I'm listening to it later. And uh, we'll pick up right where we left off in part nine. You know it's coming.